Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. And me, Wa'al Asayr. You're about to meet one of the UAE's most talented filmmakers whose latest multi-award winning film is putting Emirati cinema back in the spotlight once again in a totally unexpected way. Filmmaker, entrepreneur Mustafa Avaz joins us in the Life Beat studio next. You can join in the conversation on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. Mustafa Abbas is a pioneer in the Emirati film industry as well as a multi-award winning writer and director. His film, Sunset State, played in seven countries, including the Cannes Film Festival. With his distinct style of filmmaking, Mustafa has been instrumental in developing the local film scene for over a decade. Not only has he written, produced and directed films, but he's also served as a jury member for festivals and competitions, including the first ever Nikon Film Festival. But right now, he's on the receiving end of the accolades as his latest film, The Long Game, is winning awards all over the world, including LA, New York and London. And we are so excited to welcome to the studio today, Mustafa Abbas. Hello. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. So good to have you. First of all, Mabruk. On all of the amazing awards that continue to stream in pretty much as we speak. We're going to get to those uh, in just a moment. But, um, you know, we, we want to know from you as somebody who is, is very much a, a filmmaker uh, to be watched and has been for quite some time. Where did this passion come from? What made you want to become a filmmaker in the first place? I think it starts uh, from like a love of movies, right? You just, you love watching movies as a kid and then you get fascinated by the process, the writing, the directing, uh, and just, you don't really know why you want to do it, I think. It's very gradual. It comes to you like very gradually. I need to do this. And then you want to tell stories. You're interested in the psychology, the characters, and you're interested in the, uh, the medium. You're interested in that format, uh, visual format. But I want to know your earliest memories of like, you know, being really captured by a film, by a movie, and you just went, wow, this is incredible. I want to be part of this. My favorite film has been the same since I was 11 years old, which is Heat, which released in 95. And even at that point when I watched it and I loved the film, uh, adults were asking me, it's, it's long and it's, it, is it really for you, for your age? Like, could you? And I just really connected with it, um, not just visually, but also the dialogues and the characters. And I was very, like, uh, amazed by the mood. And I think filmmaking for me is, uh, a lot of it is uh, dependent on the mood, the feel. Um, everybody does things differently. People make movies for different reasons. I love if you can create a mood, if you can create a feel that's there. And this is created in the writing. Um, you know, the, the colors and the cinematography and the music, they only enhance the mood, but they don't create the mood. So I was fascinated by the whole process. And specifically, what was it about heat, the mood of heat that was captured, that had, that had such a, a powerful influence on you? Um, I believe it was two things. Um, the 
it had this there was so much happening but it was at the same time mellow and i loved that you know there was intensity in that you know uh, in the mellow let's say uh, and of course you had robert de niro and al pacino in one movie right <laughs> um, just that these characters had so much going on in their personal lives and in many ways they were different shades of the same man and they could have easily been friends like they had so much in common but they were on opposite sides of the law so they were both human and they were both animals at the same time and i love that i love that there was no like the characters were so dimensional um yeah but that's it's so interesting because this is what makes i think for great storytelling that we have that uh, complexity that is so important in there because that complexity is actually part of every single one of us what we see of people on the outside isn't always what is just going on mm. for them there's always something so much deeper um, and and to that you know sunset state which uh, I, I got to watch and I was really really drawn into you go really psychological just like that you know in, in that way that you show us the different sides of, of people and what they're going through and sometimes people from completely different backgrounds are actually going through something so similar. So talk to us about that. Uh, with Sunset State, I think um, I think I needed to show that. I needed to talk about uh, life. I didn't want to go... I mean, I wasn't trying to tell you anything. About, I was fascinated by the psychology of what these two men were going through. Mm. But I wasn't trying to uh, be philosophical in the psychology. I just wanted to tell you a story about two human beings who have a similar journey, similar battle, but who, you know, have different energies. And I believe your energy is created by, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the study is. I'll tell you what I believe. I believe it's created by your intention towards yourself, towards life, towards people. And I don't think this can be hidden from anyone. This is what I believe. This is my belief. I don't think a person's intention can be hidden. And, uh, and your attitude. So these two guys, they had the same battle, but they had different attitudes towards it. So I had to tell that story in that format about two different stories in one. And in and, and this amazing way, they kind of managed to help each other, which is just so brilliant. I just feel like that film, what, what made you make that particular film? You know, that's one of, one of the films that really got you, started to get you recognition. Um, but what made you make that film in the first place? I think, um, I think any kind of artist, uh, filmmaker, uh, writer, novelist, anything, you always have these uh, notes sitting there, right? So sometimes uh, what ends up happening is you write a story and you don't use a lot of the notes because you don't want to squeeze it in. You have to be true to the story. So with Sunset State, I had these a lot of these notes just sitting. And I thought this, all these notes are kind of complementing one another, most of them, not all of them. And I thought this could make a good story. Are these like things, you know, observations that you pick up from different places? Where do these notes come from? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I think it's, see, the thing is, uh, I think it was Robert Frost. He said, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. So the actor has to take the lines and make it his or hers. They have to own it. It's the first time anybody's going to hear it. First time anybody's going to feel it. It's the same when you're writing. You need to feel and believe what you're writing. To the point where maybe the audience even thinks, uh, is this somehow about you? <laughs> or, And that's probably not. It's just you deeply believed in what you're writing. And maybe some of the things people say you believe in. But that's it. It doesn't come from a true place or anything like that. It's cinema. That's it. And um, 
Mustafa, the uh, you mentioned the writing process, and um, I don't know why, but the, the the heaviness of your words when you mention that, uh, for me, seems to indicate that a lot obviously rides on the writing that gets expanded into the visual. Uh, is there a particular writing process that you go through uh, compared to other uh, filmmakers? Um, and uh, what is the biggest challenge that uh, you face in that uh, in the bedrock of producing uh, the film? Um, yeah, definitely. Every writer has his or her own process, of course. I personally write in order and I make notes as I go along. So what I do is I have to know when to stop for the day. That's very important. Sometimes people just want to finish the story and they, they rush. So you can be fast without rushing. Um, usually the ending I have in mind, it's never the ending that actually ends up happening when I get there because the story is taking turns. And for me, writing is very much like listening. It's very, very much like listening. It's like you have to believe these characters exist and this situation exists. So it took me a long time to come to this realization, but that's what it feels like to me. So when you're rewriting it, it's not because, oh, no, this will sound better. It's it's literally it re- literally feels like because, no, I, I misheard them the first time. So I need to go back and rewrite it again. Because you're studying. It's a study <coughs> of these people that you want to bring to the screen in the most realistic way possible. So it's vital. Like, I love that you said it's about listening because you really are. You're listening. You're observing. And you have to be noticing, like, the tiniest little details because... That's what brings the character to life, isn't it? Definitely. And uh, valuable feedback. Very important. Valuable feedback. Yeah. From? Um, do you have mentors? How, do, how does this work? I have two very close friends. Um, and everything I write has to go through them. Mm. Because I, like my rule is, I take uh, feedback from people I take advice from. Everybody wants to give you their opinion. Everybody feels entitled to an opinion. Everybody, but not every opinion is valid. So for me, feedback has to come from a good place and honesty has to be for a good reason. You know, it's easy to be honest for when it's something negative. Uh, it's easy to be honest when someone's just paying you a compliment. And this is the thing, you know, do you find a lot of people, they can't take that honesty? They can't take the criticism that comes with, because this is a tough industry. You know, th- do you feel like people don't want don't to hear when they've invested so much into a film or into writing a script and whatever, for someone to say, well, actually, this is not great. I think uh, it comes with the job. Yeah. If you're willing to, you know, go through making a movie, you have to be willing to just put up with it. You mm. don't have to apply it. That's the thing. You, nobody can make you do anything you don't want to do. Mm-mm. But uh, I'm this type of person who believes that there are signs everywhere to just continuously improve, not just as an artist, as a human being. Mm. I feel like there's signs everywhere. Sometimes it comes in a pleasant form. Sometimes it doesn't come in a pleasant form. And then there's the other situation where you're like, which ones do I listen to? Which ones do I ignore? Driven. I like it. We're going to talk about uh, what drives you next. Uh, Talk about your latest project, The Long Game, uh, which we're loving so much, even though I think we've seen like 15 seconds of it. (laughs) 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 This is amazing. Mustafa Abbas is in the studio with us today. More next on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, Mustafa Abbas is here, the filmmaker, the writer, the director uh, extraordinaire. Uh, we have to talk about the long game because this is a pretty fabulous. This is your latest short 
film that uh, you have created that has just been released this year, in fact, uh, but it's doing the rounds as we speak at the uh, various film festivals across the world. Let's just talk about some of the awards that it has won so far. Best Action Crime Short at uh, the London Independent Film Awards. Uh, Best Mystery Film at the Los Angeles Film Awards. Um, Stewie, Stuart Kennedy, um, somebody who I know well, uh, won for Best Supporting Actor. And Zoe Richards uh, won for Best Actress in an indie film at the Actors Awards in L.A. Um, And as well as that, uh, honourable mentions at uh, the Honoris Film Awards in Italy, as well as um, honourable mention for narrative film at the New York Film Awards. So amazing. This is in such a short period of time as well. Yeah. Are you amazed? (laughs) I'm very grateful um, that <coughs> excuse me, our hard work is paying off, and uh, let's see where it goes from here. You know, the funny thing is we've only seen about 15 seconds of this <laughs> film because you refuse. This is the thing you have to say why you refuse to do like an actual trailer for your film. So talk to us about you know the, the thinking behind this. I think uh, <coughs> excuse me. I think the way it works is a lot of um, filmmakers actually don't uh, edit their own trailers. Right? That's, studios do it for them. They have special companies do it for them. And I've just been very hands-on with, with anything I like to do. I'm very hands-on. You know mm. what I mean? Not just in film. Even like in, uh, in like, uh, our businesses, I, I never take two steps back. I only take one step back. So I like to have my hands in everything. But it's important to know when to you know, give that trust and when to actually get involved. Um, with trailers, I think it's uh, representation of the movie. And if you let you know, uh, it be another trailer, it could be another movie. So if you edit the trailer the way you edited the film, the way you created the film, maybe it could be the correct representation of the movie. Hence. So you're just <laughs> leaving it out there. You've just given us a feel for what the film is about. So you're going to have to tell us, you know, tease it a little bit. Tell us about it until we see, you know, the film in its entirety, which we're very excited about. So tell us a little bit about this film. Um, honestly, like I was fascinated by the idea of these characters and uh, the complexities, you know, and people ask, but these guys are criminals. There's, why are you fascinated by them? It's you're not fascinated by crime. You're fascinated by these characters that, you know, you're creating in a movie. And you get to see the human side of them. Mm. You get to know them more than anyone else. You get to see that, okay, maybe there is good in there somewhere. Mm. And maybe I can help extract it. You know what I mean? So it's a very fascinating process. It's like, uh, I'm this type of person. I believe that, you know, nobody can make anybody change. You know, but when you're creating characters, you can. <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting process for me. With the long game, it's about... Uh, a lot of it is about karma. A lot of it is about paradox, about the thing that takes you out of a situation is the very thing that takes you back in it. Uh, and a lot of it is about redemption. So with these different characters, not just one person or one protagonist. So, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And, and Mustafa, when you uh, speak about or, or, or draft these characters and the storylines and all the imagery that goes along with that, do you have a particular audience in mind? Because from my basic understanding, not every film is for everyone. And a lot of artists often say, well, I write for this group or I write for that group. Is there a particular audience that you have in mind when you do what you do? Uh, I believe every filmmaker needs to know their target audience. 
Um, and it's a delicate balance between what you want to create, what you want to see, and what you want them to see. But ultimately, it boils down to one thing. You need to be true to the story. So even if like you haven't made a million movies that have won a million Oscars and you know not seen globally, when you make so many movies, short or long, somewhere along the way you develop your own style. So then it just becomes about this project that I want to focus on and what works and what doesn't work. And I think more thought beyond that would just get complicated. You just have to take that leap of faith and make that movie as long as you feel enthusiastic about it. We need to uh, ask you, you know, in terms of what drives you and in, in terms of how you know the difference between a good and a great film. So how do you get there? What drives you in your filmmaking? To me, films are very much like human beings. Um, for example, now I'm with you guys. I'm having an amazing time. Okay, we're having a wonderful conversation. And you could be with someone and not have a wonderful conversation. This is dependent on the person's character, on the person's nature. You're intrigued, you want to listen to them and you want to talk to them. For me, films are the same. Um, I can sit in the movies, I can sit in the movies for 15 minutes. I can acknowledge that it is a good movie, but it's not for me, mm -hmm. right? I can be like, yeah, it's amazingly made. It's not my type. It doesn't, can, I don't connect with it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to have that... Uh, you know, unbiased nature to say that, okay, this is good, but like it's, I'm not the person for it. Mm. But what makes a good movie from a great movie? I think it's, you know, what leaves an, uh, an impression behind a good movie. You can watch it in the weekend. You can enjoy it with your friends, not get bored. You can have a good time, but maybe that's it. You totally forget about it. And then there are movies that stay with you, you know, that you go back to, that you remember that you want to see again. Then I think that would be a great movie to the individual. Oh, we need to take about talk about great movies next, uh, and we need to ask you about um, one of our colleagues here, <laughs> a man by the name of Amar Adouri. We're going to be talking about him as well uh, because he's in the movie, in fact, the long game, uh, talking about what he was like on set. Next, that's on Pulse ninety five. Pulse ninety five. Live beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. We're back with uh, Omar. 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 See what I've got on, my, on the brain? Omar yeah. Adouri is on the brain. But Mustafa Abbas is the one who is here with us in the mm -hmm. studio. Uh, Emirati filmmaker uh, who whose uh, new film, The Long Game, is winning awards all over the world right now. And we're so excited for it. Cannot wait to see this. Uh, but yes, our very own Omar Adouri is in it. Mm -hmm. And we just, it has to be asked. So... Is Amar Adouri a complete diva on set? What is <laughs> what is he like? What is it? This is so interesting because we were talking about this before, and you were saying that in your process, usually you don't audition people. So how do you pick your actors for your movies? Well, uh, of course, I sometimes you have to audition, yeah. and it's like you know when you're not finding the right person for the part, you need to audition. And I will continue to uh, be in that situation where I have to, but it's not my ideal situation. Mm. Uh, it's it's a very cool process because sometimes you discover talent that you didn't know were there. So I think it's fair to do so, but it's not my first choice. Let's put it that way. Um, I think you need to connect with the person. And I think you need to feel like, you know, you're, you're actually f looking for your new, one of your new best friends. You're actually looking for that when you want to cast the protagonist, at least for me. And Umar is someone who's very dear to me already, even before, like, I decided to get this film made. 
but I also felt he's right for the part. That's very important. You need to be true to the story. Yeah. Because you know your character. You know Omar. So you were just like, okay. But he's never acted before. So this is kind of interesting. And he was a bit hesitant about it. So, you know, how do you kind of just put somebody into that situation when they haven't done it before? Uh, I think uh, you make them an offer they can't refuse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the character has a lot of heart. Mm. And Omar, as a, as a person, as a man, he has a lot of heart. That's not something you can fake. It's not something you can act or pretend to have. So I really felt that this person can play this part. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stuart Kennedy is also uh, in it, as we mentioned. Somebody who's incredibly multi-talented. And congratulations to him for, for winning uh, his uh, Best Supporting Actor Award uh, for that as well. Um, what was that like working with him? Uh, it's always amazing working with Stuart. Always. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He gets into it and he makes it seem easy. And he's such a sport on set. You know, he's willing to try things. He's willing to... Uh, amazing he's always amazing you were and saying that he just walked in yeah. in character on the very first day yeah his first day he just walked in before we started filming everybody was having a conversation and he walked in and he was so in character from the way he was walking the way he was and uh, this feels like uh, already feels like a scene from a movie everyone stopped talking everyone just looked at him myself including uh, it's amazing it's amazing that's when you know you got the right person for the part Phenomenal. That's just brilliant. I can't wait to see, you know, them and, and the entire mm. cast in, in the movie, inshallah. Mm. Um, but people are talking about the fact that, you know, this is in English and uh, you as an Emirati filmmaker, which I think is kind of limiting, isn't it? When people are like, OK, you're an Emirati filmmaker and you're making this this film with mostly pretty much a, f a completely British ca uh, cast there. Um, you know, talk to us about your thoughts on that and how people are picking up on that and whether you do think it's actually you know limiting the way that we do look at Emirati filmmakers I think you need to be true to the story that's I think it's always going to be I know I've said it a number of times but it's really what I believe mm. uh, Sunset State my movie my movie before The Long Game was Arabic and English The Long Game is entirely in English Yeah. my project after The Long Game is entirely in Arabic so you have to be you have to think what type of movie are you making and who are these characters? Where are they from? What are they? What language are they speaking? Mm -mm -mm. And in terms of, in terms of the, mm. the role that uh, UAE filmmakers are playing now in the contemporary, the world scene, what kind of a, a, a role do you think that they are playing now? What are they bringing to world cinema right now? And what kind of a, where is the industry at, I think is my question. I think it's important for uh, each filmmaker to play his or her part. Very important. And industry is created by films. Films are created by filmmakers. Mm. That's how I look at it. And that itself will hopefully, inshallah, go the right direction. It's very much a question because, you know, coming off the back of the Academy Awards and seeing Parasite winning for Best Picture and everyone's freaking out including the President of the United States, going, this is not an English movie. How can they win it? Um, do you, like, where do you see that going? You know, what, do you think that, that we could have an Arabic film winning for Best Picture at the Academy Awards? What do you see that as kind of meaning now? Honestly, I'm the type of person who believes anybody can do anything. 
right? I think a person with no talent whatsoever, if he believes in him or herself, can actually make it. That's the way I look at things, the way I look at, you know, um, and then that's, I think, the, the summary of it. I think uh, if you believe in something long enough, you'll get it. And uh, speaking of long enough, uh, Mustafa, uh, I was just researching quite quickly. The first cinematic experience in the UAE actually happened in the Emirate of Sharjah at the Royal Air Force uh, at Al Mahatta in 1948. And so from 1948 until today, where we are hosting an Emirati filmmaker, I think this is a history to celebrate and also to look forward to the future. We've talked about, obviously, the past, but I'm so, so looking forward to hearing a little more, if it is possible, about your future projects, particularly when you mention that it's the story. This is something that will, I think, stay with me because we were talking about how films stay after. But my conversation with you, and I'm so fortunate to be a part of it, one of the things that will stay with me is what you said about the story dictating it. It, you have to stay true to the story. Uh, so I'd be really interested to find out about your what, what, what this particular story that you're working on, how it's dictating you to go into the Arabic language. You said fully. That's, I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, first of all, thank you for your words. Uh, it's my honor uh, to be part of this conversation, actually. Um, so a lot of people don't... I mean, the average moviegoer, sometimes people get confused. What does the director do? Right. And what's what does a writer do? Because sometimes, like, for example, someone says a film by Wael, a film by Sally. They're not sure if what part you played. They're like, oh, the director, they probably wrote the movie. They probably paid for the movie. Uh, the easiest way to describe that is um, you can have the best story in the world. And it is the most important thing, but it's never the most expensive thing. This is like a thing in most industries that people know. It's the most important thing, but not the most expensive thing. But it's always going to be the director's movie. Um, and the way that works is, this is my example that I use. This is the easiest way to explain it. Um, you have a teacher in a classroom, you have two students, and a teacher tells the two students, paint me a duck in a lake. And both of them can paint a duck in a lake, and one can be a disaster and one can be a masterpiece. But it's a painting of a duck in a lake. So, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but I think uh, still, however amazing your directing is, if the story is bad, it's obviously not going to work because you're not going to have anything to connect to. So it's very hand in hand. At the end of the day, you're very much, it, it all falls on you. That's it. It's your film. It falls on you. Um, I mean, it's a director's medium, but it falls on everyone. Yeah. Without a good team, there's no way you can make a good product. It's That's impossible. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But I do want to ask you a question, Sally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said you don't have a favorite film, but you have scenes you connect with. So now I'm putting you in the spot. Oh, you know, I'm just going to mention one um, because it just really stood out for me right now. Um, and this actually comes from an an animated film and it comes from the film Up. Okay, so it's in the in the beginning scenes uh, where the couple is trying to have a baby. And um, it just it all kind of. It, the, the reason why it stands out for me is it just collided for me in a moment. Uh, and. That is such a beautiful film, the way it was made. But also um, when she loses the baby and uh, how that is portrayed. And there is no dialogue in those opening scenes where they are going through that struggle of 
trying to start a family and then she loses the baby. Um, and I just happened to be watching that when I was seven months pregnant. Right. So I kind of lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. That affected me a lot. But that really stood out to me as like a, a just incredible, incredibly moving and beautiful piece of cinema. There are others, but I'm just I'm going to mention that. And I'm sure Wa'il has moments and, and scenes or movies that that he's connected to as well. I do. Do we have time for them? Is the uh, is yeah, the we have a couple of seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say uh, I don't know why, but two movies just jump out when you mention that question and the scenes. Uh, Dirty Pretty Things and Requiem for a Dream. And what's interesting about the scenes that stick in my mind is that they were both connected by a character being in such a low part of their life, such such a sense of desperation, that they did things that they should never, as a human being with dignity, be asked to do. And for that, those two scenes just rocked me. Uh, maybe it's just a theme that I get, but, but this is the power of music. Sorry, I beg you, not music, but the power of film. Which, encom- which encompasses music, story. There's a lot in the film that comes together and it creates such a powerful, a powerful expression. And to be in the studio with a filmmaker where you have all of that power at your helm is truly a tremendous responsibility. And, and I, I, I'm curious to know what you do. We were talking about this a bit earlier. What do you do to make sure you harness that power responsibly? and how you recover from it, because you can't be on set all the time. Surely there's a time where you need to detach from the story in order to come back fresh. I'd be interested to know Mm. a little bit about that. Do we have a minute? We do absolutely have a a couple of minutes, yes. I think it falls down to passion and purpose, you know? So some people know the difference, some don't. I'll, I'll tell you what it means to me. Passion is the fuel. It's what it's what you're enthusiastic about. It's what you're passionate about. And the more of it you have, the more fuel you have. Purpose is the objective. And the more fuel you have, the further you can go. Uh, that's why you need that passion, because without it, you can't get to your purpose. Because you'll only see the obstacles, and obstacles are going to be there. They're going to be there. But without the passion, you'll focus on them more than you should. And you won't find quick solutions or any solutions to overcome them. So I think, as they say, keep your eyes on the prize. That's would, that would be my answer to it. Mm. Yeah. We would love to know, in the last couple of minutes that we have left with you, Mustafa, um, what you are working on next. So talk to us about your next project. Well, what I will say about the next project, I mean, I already mentioned it's fully in Arabic. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, mob mystery, and it's very much like a puzzle. That's the format it's in. It's very much like a puzzle and it's for the thinking person more than my other films. I love it. Mm. I'm excited by it. <laughs> can I ask, yeah. uh, and you don't have to answer, okay. obviously. All right. uh, can I ask, when we say Arabic, do we mean yeah. classical Arabic, yeah. colloquial Arabic? And if it is colloquial yeah. Arabic, which particular colloquial Arabic it's is it? Uh, most of the characters, it's like uh, the Arabic is fully Emirati Arabic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't have classic Arabic. It would be like, uh, as dialogue, it would be tricky, I think. I mean, I wouldn't do it personally. Maybe someone else could nail it, but me personally, I wouldn't be able to do it. You, you so. do what you know. You have to do what you know. Uh, yeah, or you, you, you learn how to. Yeah. You build up enough knowledge and confidence to mm. feel like I'm, I'm ready to do so. You'll never have all the confidence and all the knowledge, but you, you'll have enough to get started. I need to, to know from you, um, Mustafa, like, w- what is the ultimate thing that you're working towards in your movie making 
career? What what is this thing that you are shooting for at the end? Wow, uh, it's gonna be a bit of a funny answer. I don't know. I, I hope it will answer you. So, uh, someone once told me that we have three basic core needs, right? One is uh, shelter, security. You need a roof over your head. Two is a sense of belonging. Third one is, hopefully to answer your question, self-actualization. What you create, what you make of yourself, what you leave behind. Mm. So, I'm hoping it's, uh, hoping it's something that would give all three. Yeah. Inshallah, let's see. I think you will. I think you will. We're so excited for what you are creating, what you're bringing to the world, and what it means for not just Emirati cinema, but for Arab cinema, for world cinema. This is incredible. So what an absolute pleasure it is to have you with us here at Mustafa Abbas. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. Amazing. So much much more to come here on Life Beats in the second hour of the the show. In fact, stay tuned. It's Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.